back to the latest edition of Let's Do It Live. I'm your host, the People's Commission. I'm joined by the entire Let's Do It Live crew tonight for a Season 8, Episode 2 Game of Thrones recap. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me this evening. Thanks, guys. Good to be here. Sorry I missed last week, but I did listen to the podcast earlier today, so I have it fresh in my memory, and I'm ready to go for Episode 2. Also, thank you for having me, Kevin. Thank you for listening. You know, it's good to... uh even though the episode to, was last week, I'm glad that it's uh, we still have people paying attention this week. You know, it's good I want to make uh, sure and give us some uh, some page views. Kevin, page views. Got, got to up the stats there. Yeah, inorganically just boosting up our stats. Perfect. So, I mean, maybe on one of these days, the sponsors. Exactly. My son and wife might have listened as well, even though they didn't hear anything we said. Obviously. They just were push. just really appreciative of like the the tones. And, yeah, I, I and pressed play. I pressed play on his puppy phone and found the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure my, uh, my voice put Carson to sleep. Yep, actually, your analysis during the Masters episode put him to sleep, but that's neither here nor there. No comment. Um, I'm glad we walked through that. So, obviously, last night was episode two of the final season of Game of Thrones. If you listen to our previous rundown podcasts with Michael and me, we were not thrilled with episode one. We thought it was a waste of time. It really didn't lead up into anything and seemed like a filler episode. So, PVB, let's just get your immediate reaction to episode two in general. Immediate reaction, one to ten scale, six point one. I really, although episode two, I think had a little bit more action than episode one. I think that the two of them should have been rolled into one episode, so we could have gotten a lot more incest, a lot more killing through the next five episodes. But now there's only four episodes left. The stage is definitely set, but I think they're dragging their feet a little bit. And mush, your reaction. Uh, 4.2. I agree that, uh, there could have been some more action. There was some action I didn't like, uh, last night, but, uh, like, uh, Kevin said, I think you could have rolled the two together. Uh, I think they missed on a couple things, uh, probably get into it, but, uh, there could have been a lot more, uh, historical basis and, uh, pointing out uh, maybe why the Night King is so pissed off instead of uh, watching seven people at a Rutgers tailgate uh, drink in a room and sing a hundred year old chants. I imagine that's kind of what a Grand Valley football game looks like, but uh, kind of a waste of time, but we only have four to go. So I hope it gets a lot better. Yeah. And I agree with both of your assessments in the sense of it felt like another letdown. Granted, it is kind of Game of Thrones MO to um, have a few dull episodes in a row that are supposed to build up in anticipation for one of the greatest battle scenes. I did read on Twitter today that the battle scene in episode three, which is the battle for Winterfell, will be the longest action scene in cinema history, even longer than in Lord of the Rings Um whatever was it the return of the king was that the last one i believe it was return of the king so i don't at know least, i didn't see any 
but regardless, I like Sam well over never, Sam Wise anyways. Regardless, it is supposed to be one of the more epic battle scenes in all of cinematic history. Granted, we had to spend one hour and ten minutes of in or two hour and ten minutes of insufferable just filler bullshit and weird sex scenes. So let's start with the sex scene. Mush, you alluded to this and how uncomfortable it was and how much you didn't like it. Why why did you feel like that? Uh I felt like a pedophile watching that. Uh only because we like we talked about the show has been on for what, eight or ten years. So uh Maisie Williams is what, twenty two that's her name in real life, maybe. One of the two. That's um, correct. Yes. Okay. So she's what twenty twenty two in real life. So we saw her as a thirteen year old originally. And it's just one of those that just, it's just an, ugh. it just doesn't, uh, you know, the Khaleesi Caldrago thing. Okay. That's something, you know, uh, Jon Snow and her, uh, Misandre and Grey Worm, that kind of does it for people. I don't think E last night is what, uh, is what we needed. And plus yeah, I, I think it could have been spent on, uh, more important things. Yeah, I don't think that's nudity that I, anyone wanted to see. I kind of felt the vibe like you saw somebody naked that you didn't want to see naked. It was almost like your friend's little sister, kind of cringeworthy, or I don't, I don't know. It just wasn't for me. I think, I mean, I know Gendry, is that his name? He's great at making tools, but I wasn't expecting him to lay the pipe on Arya especially, so... That was a great segue. Um, yeah, it, it was just an uncomfortable scene overall. Uh, Mikey said it very well. We've watched this actress grow up within the role, and it felt like we were watching something that we shouldn't have been seeing. But also, there was a lot built up around this, this um, weapon that she wanted to have built. Does anyone and I'm looking at you, Mush, have a little more insight into what that weapon really entails? Oh, she got a weapon. Um, I don't know if it's the weapon that we want to see, but it looked like it was a... It's a six-inch trident. Yeah. Touche. It looked like <laughs> it was a, uh, a double-sided uh, dragon glass, um, some sort of uh, something with a little bit of girth, something with a little bit of weight. I think that's what she was looking for. What I did, the only thing that I found that uh, that was funny in that, if you remember back to American Pie 2, when um, Kevin, not this Kevin, but the movie Kevin, gets back from college and Tara Reid asks him how many, uh, how many girls he slept with at Michigan, uh, he says three. Coincidentally, Which means zero. Get, no, close. Gendry also said three. It, it means one or none. If you remember the, rule. the rules... Remember the rules for guys, you divide by three girls, you multiply by three. So exactly. So, so one or none. Yeah. He either slept in one or none. It's really, um, Aria really sh- uh, sex shamed him there. And, uh, one other thing I noticed in this episode is a lot of guys were apologizing and all the females were kind of being assholes. So whoever said chiv- chivalry's dead is wrong. Uh, I do have a question though. At what point does, um, someone lose, their claim to the throne 
uh, because like I thought when Jamie killed Daenerys's dad, doesn't that mean that the Targaryens claim ends? Like Robert overthrew them, it's done. Now the Baratheons are on the throne. Because like if anyone should be the next heir to the rightful heir to the throne, wouldn't it be Gendry, not Jon Snow or Daenerys? That's like saying you were leading a game at halftime. And even though that you lost, that you still say you won. Yeah. But no one knows about Gendry besides now Arya. So, but still, and, no, no, and no, the Red that's, Woman. A, that's a really good point, Michael. Wouldn't a Baratheon still be, regardless of who the Baratheon is, wouldn't a Baratheon still have a rightful claim? Like, why well, don't a get, male Baratheon? Maybe, maybe yes. I'm missing something, but like, just because, I mean, if you lose, you lose. So, once you lost, you don't have no claim. Well, they're, they're saying, the Targaryens are saying they were usurped, and I learned that in a medieval uh, television program, that the Targaryens were unjustly overthrown, right? Which means that Baratheon, the Baratheon clan was not the true leaders of the Seven Kingdoms. They stole the throne from the Targaryens, so therefore the Targaryens have the true claim to the Iron Throne. That's what they're saying. But yes, you could also make the argument that the Targaryens lost, and therefore the Baratheon lineage is now the true heirs. It's just like whatever side you want to be on. I, so I don't. You, you learned about that in Vikings. and I did, yeah. A, lo- yep, a, loss, a loss is a loss. I was um, thinking kid, kid in King Arthur's Court. but mm, Also a great of, film. Well, speaking of Kevin from American Pie... That was him as a as a young buck. If you would drop a, uh, that's a why Chet Stedman reference. Then. Yep, if you drop a Chet Stedman reference, you'd have his whole IMDb profile <laughs> at this point. <laughs> exactly. That's why I brought it up. Yeah, but uh, speaking of the Mad King, uh, Daenerys is turning into a real uh, mad queen. Real bitch. Kind of so, getting, getting sour on her. So I noticed in the last episode, Michael, you brought up a couple things that – um, happened in episode one that also happened something similar in season one, episode one. I saw something on Twitter that whatever Danny said to Sansa when she got to Winterfell in episode one, season eight, was the exact same thing that Cersei said in the pilot episode when they walked into Kings uh, walked into Winterfell. I didn't I don't catch the exact line, but I thought you would have picked up on that. I did not pick up on that. Maybe I will in a rewatch. Very good point. Uh, but I did. I noticed when uh, Daenerys came in and tried to extend the olive branch. Um, I went from anti-team Sansa to I'm full team Sansa because she pretty much was like, oh, yeah, that's nice and all. But, you know, we've got dunked on up here by the Greyjoys, by Ramsey Bolton, like, the last time that Jon Snow said that he was the true king of the north, we weren't giving it back. What about us? So I really liked that she put her foot down and, uh, you know, kind of really asserted herself as she's been. Uh, I, I don't uh, I don't blame her for um, having that point of view, especially what she's gone through pretty much being uh, Littlefinger's Pinocchio to uh, him being Geppetto, which I'm also glad that he's dead. But um, I, I like, I really did a complete 180 on those two. Uh, there's there's a theory that Littlefinger actually isn't dead, but 
the comparison with Cersei and Danny, I think, is foreshadowing that Danny is about to go off the rails. And I think that she's going to get jealous of John's claim or whatever, or maybe she's going to see her fallen dragon as the ice dragon and pretty much screw up and not protect the people that she's supposed to be protecting in the next episode. And then all hell is going to break loose. I also want to point something out that um, at the end of season seven, when Jon Snow was pulled from the ice and they brought him back on the ship and he woke up from that coma and he called her Danny and she hated Dan- being called Danny. She's like, my brother used to call me that. And he's like, okay, not Danny. And then in this episode in the crypt, when he's announcing to her that he is Aegon Targaryen and he believes Bran and Samwell um, in verifying that he is this true heir to the Iron Throne. And then he calls her Danny again. So is that him like just dropping the mic the, and just being like, put her in the friend zone. Yeah. That, that was kind of the, the, the vibe I got. Body I, know, I thought that, that, go, go ahead. No, I just thought that whole dynamic was weird too. Just how he was like avoiding her. And I, I thought there could have been a lot more fireworks. I, I thought it was pretty anticlimactic the way that he told her. And then, you know, all of a sudden the white walkers are upon Winterfell and episode cut. I mean, I, I wanted more drama. Well, the, TNT knows drama. Right. And TNT does know drama, but it was kind of akin to in episode one where Samwell goes down in the crypt and like kind of sneaks up on John and then very like nonchalantly tells him all of this stuff. like in the last five minutes and the same damn thing happens in episode two. Um, and then they all run up to the top of Winterfell and it's time to fight. Like everyone's on high alert. Okay. Let's cut, cut scene and scene. Exactly. I'm kind of terrible. That's a terrible time to tell her that that's like going into a game seven and telling your starting pitcher before he's about to take the mound. Like, Something that terrible. Like, yeah, or like, hey, your dad just died. Oh, cool. I was going to pitch a game seven of the World Series. Like, not maybe not the best time to tell me. But I will say that whole uh kerfuffle body, like how we were mad last week that um Jon Snow handled it poorly. I thought body reaction wise, she handled it very well. Like, what the hell? Um do you mean you as talk- like an actress or yeah, yeah. as an actress, yeah, sure. she handled it. Well, dialogue wise, of course, once again, they don't care that, um, they're this probably because they're Targaryens and it's probably not even incestual enough. Is that a word? Incestual? Um, sure, I would for, our, for our podcast. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's a word like for them. If it's not brother on sister, it's not true incest. So maybe that's why she was mad. Um, but of course, she doesn't get mad that she's fucking a relative. She's mad that her claim to the throne um, is, you know, is now uh, obstructed. And of course, they th- they toss in the cliffhanger when she's like, "Well, what are you going to do about it?" And then the horn goes off, and um, you know, you never get uh, John Snow's opinion. The other thing I didn't like about her in the episode is. She's out there trying to, you know, cry poor. Like, the only reason I'm up here is because this is John's war. Like, no, this ain't John's war. This is a damn world's war. 
because if you don't fight these these you know dead people, you're all screwed. Yeah, so don't, don't try to say it's John's war. I mean, look how many people are up there. You, I mean, I guess I obviously you know the unsullied and them are up there obviously for Khaleesi, but you know they at one point or another they would probably be done too. So it's kind of everybody's war. It's not John's war. No, I agree, and I think that was just her trying to play. Um, emotionally towards Sansa, like to build the relationship up. Like I'm only up here because I love your brother, John. I don't think exactly. That, I, I don't think that was realistic whatsoever. I think that was just trying to appease her in that moment. So let's, let's take a step back. We've talked a lot about things that really disappointed us about this episode, but I want to go one by one and say one thing positive from the episode that we really enjoyed or that we felt really set the scene for episode three. PVB, let's start with you. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot that I love in this episode, I'm going to be completely honest. As Mikey said earlier, I would love to get a little background on the Night King to kind of set the stage before the big war. Um, I, I really didn't have anything that I loved about the episode. It was just very bland for me. I, I didn't I, I didn't say I got nothing. what you love, just like a positive thing, a moment that you were like, yeah, I really did enjoy that moment. Or like, oh, I guess I could see that leading could into say, something. I thought Jamie and Tyrion kind of being tight again, like coming back together before the big war was kind of cool, but I'll leave it at that. Mikey, what do you have? Uh like I said, action-wise, didn't think there was that great. There was a couple, uh, couple of lines I did enjoy. Uh, one of them speaking of Jamie and Tyrion when they were talking about, you know, he was like, "Last time I was, uh, last time we were here, I was a whoremonger," and Jamie goes, uh, "Yeah, you know, last time I was here, I was fucking my sister, and you only had one friend, and he was sleeping with your sister." And Tyrion goes, speaking in relative terms, that's just a stupid little quip that i thought it was funny because like relative terms he's sleeping with his relative um i thought that was pretty sly the other thing is uh Podrig looks like he just filed this a tax extension um pay, prepaid his mortgage for the next year and he's preparing for the next homeowners association like homeboy aged like 12 years in between the seasons so i thought that was good for him and uh and he certainly Brian, has the voice of an angel as well yeah that's true uh, and Brand pretty much confirmed that uh, he's just a weirdo. Um, when him and Jamie were talking, and Jamie like tries to say sorry, which I was like, oh, good for him, because I think he kind of knows some point or another. Uh, he knows he's not a good fighter anymore, and uh, he's only got, uh, I think his time is dwindling fast. And he's like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm sorry. And Brand's like, oh, you don't have to say sorry. I'm not that person anymore, which I thought was kind of weird. And then he's like, uh, he's like, and you know, maybe hopefully afterwards, um, you know, we can be friends or at least be civil or whatever. And Brand's only response is, how do you know there's an afterwards? You know, and I thought for Easter that was uh, was an uncalled for line, just just you know, pretty much saying, yeah, there's no uh, afterlife, but but. Uh, We'll see what happens. Like I said, it could go uh, could go anywhere from there. I thought I thought he was more talking about will they survive the war? 
Uh, he was. Like, I just pretty much extrapolated that point to somehow connected to Easter. But <laughs> all right, connecting. Well, what did you like? Hours. PC. So there were a few moments that I actually did enjoy. So I went back and rewatched the episode. I'm still obviously not pleased. Um, I think my rating was 5.6 or something like that initially. I did enjoy when the three remaining Night's Watch guys, Samwell, John, and I always forget the other guy's name. They were standing on top of the castle at Winterfell with Ghost. And the guy goes, Samwell Tarly, killer or slayer of white walkers, lover of women, as if we needed like more signs that the world was coming to an end. I, I thought that was quite funny. I also enjoyed the moment where Samwell Tarly gives um, uh, Jorah Hearthbane, Oathbane, whatever the Valerian Hearthbane, Hearthbane um, which is the sword of Valyrian steel from the Tarly family of which he stole um, when he was last at home. And he gave it to Jorah Mormont. And I just thought like it was a whatever. It was a nice moment because Samwell cured him of, was it the dragon skin? Is that what it was called? The disease that he had. Um, he was yeah, the only one grayscale. He was the only one in the Citadel willing to give that a shot. Uh, so essentially he brings him back from the dead, even though he was with Daenerys in episode one, telling Sam that Daenerys had murdered his father and older brother, Dickon. I don't know. I just thought that that sword's going to come into play somehow. Like there's going to be a moment where there's a battle with one of the lead white walkers or something like that. It, it just, I don't know. It felt like a, an important moment. So I enjoyed that. Sam's going to save John's life or something like that. Probably again, you would think in this show that his brother's name was Dick off to be honest, but you would think so. Yeah. And I, I think I, I did give my campaign speech last week about, he is my one true King. And I don't want to say I called my shot. I didn't ruth it, but I kind of did because he pretty much repeated what I said last week that he was the first one to kill a white Walker. He was the one that, you know, found how to, uh, develop grace or, uh, dragon glass. He saved everyone from Craster's creep keep. So he repeated what I said last week. I'm going to call another shot. You said earlier that this is the biggest battle in uh, film and cinema TV history. Um, it is going to be the biggest battle because they're not only going to be fighting the white walkers from the North, uh, the golden company without their elephants are going to be storming up from the South and they're going to be getting it from the front and the back. Real Eiffel Tower in Winterfell. Bold claim. And I, I did also kind of get that impression rewatching the episode that um, there was going to be two battles coming in the next episode. Because um, when they had Sir Jamie on trial in the first scene and they were talking about how Cersei had promised her her army to come up and support Daenerys and everyone in the battle against the dead. And he's and Jamie goes, well, she lied to me, too. 
it just made it just kind of built that backstory that she is absolutely crazy. She's got Kwai Berg or whatever his name is. Um, they have something planned and they're going to be coming up from the South about the same damn time. And it's just going to be a free for all. I don't think it's going to be everyone versus those in Winterfell. I think it's just going to be three parties all fighting each other at once. That's a bold claim. With, with that being said, I think we finally see a main character die next episode. Yep. Or maybe probably multiple. Who is the odds-on favorite to die first in your guys' opinion? So, Brienne of Tarth. Let's go Mikey the Mush. Brienne of Tarth. Sir Brienne of Tarth. What's your reasoning for that? Because they made way too she's big. Actually a knight. She's actually a knight now. Exactly. They made way too big of a deal about her being... Um, her becoming a knight and her becoming a sir. And for how many seasons now she's, uh, she's had a hard on relatively speaking for Jamie and he's always cast her off. And, uh, she says it in the show, how she's always was quick to put her down and, you know, kind of cast her aside and really, uh, really mess with her. And this was the first, um, the first show that he was kind of sympathetic towards her. So, I mean, if we know anything about the show, when anything's going good for someone, that's uh, that's pretty much their calling card. So I think that's the reason she's the uh, she's the first one to go. She's also in the front of the left flank, I believe. Mm-hmm. So she's in the like I said, she's in the front. She, you know, is pretty much at an all time high right now. So the easiest way for her to get knocked off that perch is to uh, go six feet under. So when we're also talking about this, we're saying people that are going to die in the next episode, not just. I, I want to like hear one. who's the first person to the die. First person. And then we can talk about, let's talk the first person to die. And then who else you think is, is going down. Okay. So I brought this up before episode two. I thought Theon Greyjoy was going to die in this episode just because I had heard via Twitter that three of the main characters were going to die in this episode, which leads me to believe that they were off by one episode. However, when Theon decides that he's going to protect Bran as he's at the tree waiting for the Night King, does that just not indicate that he's sacrificing himself. Like he is back in Winterfell. He's done terrible things to the Stark family um, over the years. He really let his ego get the best of him. He he went through hell and back, ended up saving Sansa. So this is like a true redemption story. He's made good by Sansa. It's his turn to make good by Bran. And he's going to protect Bran from the Night King until he dies. So I think, Theon Greyjoy. I could see him dying for sure. I don't know that he'll be the first one to die. Um, personally, I thought the whole Grey Worm uh, scene with what is her name? Melisandre. Melisandre. No, Melisandre. Melisandre. Okay. I thought the whole thing about him saying he would show show her the world or whatever after the whole battle thing, like that was kind of unnecessary too. No one really cares what Grey Worm's doing. 
but they decided to make a big deal out of it. So I think he's just, he's going down right away and him being the best soldier of the unsullied. That's when they're going to know that these white walkers are for real, but he's going down early. I could see that happening. Aladdin's coming out soon too. So don't sell him short on that. He could show her the world. He might not have a carpet, but the other thing I didn't lie, I'm glad you he brought has up. a carpet. No yeah, shaft. He does. he does. He probably does have a nice rug. You don't have uh, anything else. The other, the other thing I'm glad you brought up Theon Greyjoy. What kind of pissed me off is beginning of the episode. She's going off on, uh, when I say see, she Daenerys is going off on Tyrion on how basically this is the second time now that he was, you know, so clever and his plan once again backfires, kind of goes against everything um, with Cersei's army not showing up. So if she's mad at him, how the hell do they not get mad at Theon Greyjoy? He's fucked them over worse than anyone. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that either. And he, he probably I, I, I really should have been uh, welcome in Winterfell. Yeah, he definitely probably wishes he had a unit again because when they were playing that, you know, little uh, theme music at the end, and they're kind of going showing everybody um, Samwell was in the crypt with uh, Gilly and the little kid, and then it pans back to uh, Sansa and Theon eating. She was giving him them eyes, but uh, like it's kind of just like Grey Worm. I don't think uh, there's much you can do about it. Of, yeah. You're so worried about what the dickless men are going to yeah. do. Really worried it. about Unix. Um, I think, I, I guess that's a good point, Mikey, in the sense of, yeah, he's done much worse things, but also remember he helped Sansa get out from Ramsey Bolton. So I think he is at least in good standing somewhat more so than uh, Tyrion indicating that Cersei's actually going to support Daenerys with an army against the dead and it not coming through. I don't know. R- I'd rather have an army not show up than someone take the castle that my family has had for years, pretend to kill my two younger brothers and burn them alive, regardless of what he did. But that's just me. Is there any possibility that Arya Stark goes down? I think I think she could go down. Um but again, I, I'm still buying into this theory that Ned Stark's alive as the uh, faceless man. And he somehow switched himself before that version of him was executed. And he's just kind of been sitting uh, in the shadows for the last seven seasons. Waiting, waiting well, they to also said that Littlefinger little may have done the same yeah, thing. So... I, I'm curious to see if there is an instance where some major character who passed away or was murdered or whatever comes back because they were the true faceless man. So I'm curious to see that. I Who all was on Arya's list that she never executed? The Hound is Cersei still. was on there. The Hound. Who knows? I, I thought the same thing, but like she said... Um, She's going to knock one more person off, and then she's going yeah. But down. That, it's always changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy with the eye patch, um, something Don Darian or whatever, he was on the list. He's already been killed so many times. What's it matter? Exactly. 
But I was wondering the same thing because when she was sitting next to the hound, um, on when they were up, you know, eating, I was like, eh, if he's really on your list, you know, you could just end it now. So who knows who's actually on that list? And so, uh, so I, she I hasn't just, repeated it. In a I long just time. pulled up the current list based on. I, I guess is this from Reddit? No, nah, Digital Spy. So. Okay. Still alive Close on enough. her list. Cersei, the mountain, the hound with a question mark. Illin Payne, Melisandra, Beric Dondarrion, and that's it. Everyone else on her list is dead. So maybe she kills Cersei? I just I don't know. I expected maybe the Night King to be on there. I don't know why. So, but she, but when she was talking to Beric Dondarrion with the Hound, remember they were both sitting up there drinking, um, and Arya was with them. The Hound asked her, "Isn't he on your list?" And she said, "He was for a time." So I guess he's not on there any longer. I I don't know. Fair enough. I I would imagine that. She kills either the hound or the mountain, but can't get to Cersei. That's kind of my my feeling at the moment. Another maybe she I saves think. the hound from dying via the mountain. Yeah, something like that. She- yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. Another reason I think the Golden Company is uh, on their way up is because uh, we saw last episode. Um, what's my guy's name again? Cyborg. Cyborg. What? What's his name? Uh, Cersei's right-hand man. Yeah. Kai. Uh, we, I don't we, even know. Kyburn or something. Uh, we're just going to call him Qbert for the time being. Um, when he goes Qyburn, up to... It's, uh, it's yeah. Q-Y-B-U-R-N. All right. So it's a mix between Qbert and Cyborg. I was close. Um, when he gives him that deal, like... Yeah, you need to go kill these people. You'll get paid, and he gets all pissed off. So if you combine that with we're still missing something that we've been waiting for now for four seasons, and that's the Clegane Bowl. I mean, does that happen this week? That would make sense, the whole progression of the attack from the south. You could knock out... um, you could knock out, you know, the Bron idea of him coming up to kill someone. Um, you could have the hound in the mountain, you know, finally go at it. And yeah, you could have the north and the south, you know, the nice little civil yeah. war. So, so I hope you're correct that, um, you know, the Cersei's army, the Golden Company, they all come up and it's a three way battle. I did also have this thought and tell me, just tell me I'm wrong because I don't want to be right in this. My thought was that the, the teams that are currently in Winterfell, they are the ones that fight the dead and the Night King and everything. And it's an epic battle for this episode three. And somehow someone is able to kill the Night King and then like everyone, everything goes away, Right. So that's the end of episode three. And then the last three episodes are the North fighting the South. Daenerys, 
her true claim, her claim to the Iron Throne versus Cersei and her insanity. That was a thought I had. I think that would be terrible television. Um, but let me know what you guys think. I, I mean, I would prefer that personally. I, th- I think like, I mean, the White Walkers are cool, I guess. Like, I do want to know who the Night King is, but ultimately, I want Khaleesi versus Cersei, and I want Jamie to maybe kill Cersei. Like, I want to see that whole dynamic go down. So, I, that's I'm all in for the last three episodes being North versus South, and then sprinkling in the whole Jamie being torn, Tyrion being torn. Maybe Sansa hates Danny. Maybe she doesn't. Um, depending on who lives through episode three, but I don't know. I I'm, just feel like it'd be too. I don't know. Maybe the White Walkers will make we'll it see. to the end. We'll see. I just think that killing off the White Walkers and the Night King in a single episode in a single battle. Uh, okay, so there there have been some fights. You know, there have been instances where they've been you know together fighting, but it's never been like the Night King versus Jon Snow, right? For it to to start and end in a single episode, I think would just be kind of it, it would play into our our story right now that they wasted two episodes. Like they could have drawn this out for three episodes of the fight, the battle, the the tactics, the strategy, all this kind of stuff. People dying, and they're gonna pack it into one not a fan no i think you just i think you just proved your point why what you hope was going to happen is going to be wrong or at least you gave reasoning why it should be wrong is i mean we've said this multiple times you can't have 69 episodes or i think give or take we're at 70 now um all right thank you i owe you one um can't have that many episodes leading up to one thing and then it to be over in you know 90 minutes if that's the case i feel like nine years went down the drain but uh it's kind of the other reason i think all the fighting or at least a majority of the fighting has to occur um has to occur in one spot or at least i know time in the show is relative as we've seen by the ending episode of a few seasons but I mean, they can't, you can't fight the White Walkers and then like the next episode, they just have an army march down to King's Landing. I think it would just, like you said, it puts the last two episodes kind of like, what the hell? Why the hell do we waste our time mm-hmm. um, with this? So I feel like everything kind of has to be compacted into one general area, especially now that you have everyone except, you know, Cersei, uh, Cersei the Mountain and uh, Bronn in Winterfell with the White Walkers knocking on the door. So I think the first season of this show uh, started uh, for the most part in Winterfell, early surrounding Winterfell. And I think the final uh, episode of the show has to end either in Winterfell or the surrounding areas. See, I think the last episode has to be someone sitting on the Iron Throne. 
I mean, that would make the most sense. It's called Game of Thrones, but like, yeah, no, when, I, I, I what, don't disagree with but that. What, but what I'm saying is, no, no, no. Like for the, what Mikey said, if that's right, if that's a if that's a send off, that's fine. Yeah. I don't. It's care. Gotta, it's got it. started in Winterfell. The vast majority of the action and reveal has also occur in Winterfell as like a poetic close. Yeah, you can you can have someone sitting at the end, but I agree with Mikey that the it's going to all come to a head in Winterfell. We're going everything's right. going to be revealed. I really hope I'm wrong about this this White Walker I fight. I I mean, for it to be on Twitter that it's going to be the longest battle in cinematic history, um I'm excited. I remember watching Battle of the Bastards for the first time and standing up for 20 minutes during that fight because I was so enthralled by the action and and everything that was going on. So hopefully it's something of similar caliber in terms of hype and excitement. But I really, I really don't know where it can go from here. I mean, these two episodes haven't really given us any indication, and maybe that was by design. Obviously, we know the battle is coming. We know that Cersei's planning something, but I I have no inkling of who's going to sit in the Iron Throne at the end. I don't know who's going to die next. I don't know like if this battle is going to solve everything. I I really don't know, and maybe that's what they really intended was to throw us off with these two episodes to get us thinking like, Oh, everything's going to be okay. And then they come in with this next episode and it's more like the, um, the red wedding and everyone's dead. I, I really don't know. (laughs) I think Mikey said it best in your first podcast. Like it's not going to end the way anyone thinks it's going to end. I think it's good, just going to throw everyone off. A lot of times, great shows like this end up with horrible endings, which I'm terrified is going to happen in this particular show. I hope that's not the case. But with that said, if you had to bet your life savings on one ending, what would that ending be and why? Who do you want to go first? Uh, let's go Mush is pretty quiet. His is going to be the most long-winded, so let's start right. there. So this will be our, our nice to, close I'll to the episode. This, uh, I can't. I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Um, I've said this a million times. Whenever you think something's going to happen, it isn't or it doesn't. Um, I want chaos. I want everyone to die. Um, I'm not necessarily Team Cersei, but... You know who the only one that isn't going to be in the battlefield as much as you want it to be? That would be the one true king, Samuel Tarly. He will be in the crypt. Everyone else is going to die. He'll be the only male left, and he will take his seat rightfully on the Iron Throne, and Bovano will owe me 20 to 1 odds. That's all I got. I, I mean, I, I really don't hate that bet. Um Tyrion will also be in the crypt, yeah, though. Yeah, Tyrion will also be, but... He's battle-tested. He'll weasel his way out of there somehow. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure this is not like a uh, a very off-the-wall bold prediction bet, but 
my feeling is that Sansa is going to be the one that's left and she is going to be now. I, I, I don't know if she's going to stay true and just be like, I'm just going to run the North. Someone else can go down in King's landing. I don't give a fuck. I'm, I'm going to be up here just minding my own business. But I just, for some reason, the evolution of Sansa has been very impressive. The last season or so she's very, um, intelligent she seems to know what she wants she laid her foot down to denarius um i don't know that's just my impression today so sansa start okay i do want to ask one random question before i go is there any chance that Tyrion is targaryen have we talked about this before we we, we haven't talked about it on the podcast but there is a um I guess it's a fan theory that Tyrion was actually a Targaryen, meaning that Tyrion's mother had an an affair with the Mad King. Um, Yes, with the Mad King. And he therefore is half Targaryen. And that is why Tywin, uh, the father that he shot while he was taking a shit, hated him so much. So there is that fan theory out there. So we do have to lay that out. Um, well, and it would make sense too because he was able to pet have, the dragon. If you remember, he was able to pet the dragon, and then if Danny killed her mother during childbirth, true Targaryen. Jon Snow's mother died during birth, true Targaryen, and they all hated Tyrion because he killed their mother during birth. So I think that's another reason he could be Targaryen. So I think there's an outside chance Tyrion comes through and he and he sits on the Iron Throne because John and Danny are both going to die. Like, there's no way either one of them makes it. That would just be too... Poetic. I, th- I think that's what too many yeah. people want. So that's not going to happen. But if I had to bet on my ending, and this is going to be an awful ending, I think that at the very end, Bran wakes up and it's back to season one, episode one, when he has his fall and the whole series was just one of his visions. And he like wakes up from a dream. Oh, and that's I hate it. That. That'd be terrible. No. Can't be. <laughs> I think the one thing I think... It really, that would really ruffle everyone's yeah, feathers. Well, I think I, everyone... One thing I think that. HBO kind of learned after The Sopranos was... People want closure, regardless if it's good or bad. Um, you know, Sopranos was probably, arguably, in the early 2000s, late 90s, the biggest, it changed television. Especially, I mean, it kind of made HBO series what they are today. Um, and a lot of shows tried to copy that, or at least go off the the model of having a typical antagonist be a protagonist and i don't think hbo wants to go down that route again 20 years later so i don't think maybe it's just me i don't think the dream the dream theory hopefully doesn't come true uh but to your fan theory earlier i just think the uh obgyns and westeros are just bad uh, i think the healthcare <laughs> is pretty poor so i don't know if this is much a fan theory with the mothers dying through childbirth i think it's bad I mean that place has a smell like shit. But, but there's the hate. There's the hatred for Tyrion. Uh, that's true. He was able to yeah, pet he, the dragon. 
Like there's other things that I, I don't think it. it's too out of bounds of a theory, but also I want to go back to some, something bounds. that Mikey said. Do you think it smells like San Francisco right now that has the, the brown problem? The poop map? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So you know, if Brandon knows everything, maybe get some running water in there, some sewage treatments, like living like shit, literally figuratively. But uh we'll see. They have no food. It's just a mess. I, I, if I was out there, I wouldn't even be that mad if I died. Probably live, you living. You probably would have tried to murder suicide yourself about a thousand times by now. No, I wouldn't have taken one of them cyanide pills. I probably, you know, I probably would have just been, uh, off been the, wall. Guys in the, the guys in the Battle of the Bastards when all the horses are in the big circle. And that somehow people just keep dying in one selective place, and the mountain gets just higher and yeah. higher. No, you're that punk bitch, oh, Joffrey, or Tommen, who just jumped out of a window. Talk about Pinocchio and Geppetto. He got played like a oh, fiddle. Side note: something we didn't bring up. Jamie said that the baby is true. When Tyrion asked, right? Exactly. So she yes. is pregnant. I remember asking you about that. Nah, 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 nah. Hold on. Let's take a step back. She gave me that to keep him on her good side. Correct. What's the last? What's the last thing he knows? Because you got to remember, time in the show is relative. So the last thing he saw was her trying to keep him in King's Landing by saying, "Yeah, we're gonna have another kid." you got to stay here for the kid. And he's like, I pretty much care more about humanity because if I don't go fight, um, it don't matter if we have a kid or not, cause it's not going to live anyways. So, I mean, yeah, he says, he says the, um, he says the kid is, you know, the kid is real, but you know, right before that here, right after that, whatever, he also says, well, yeah, she lied to me. Too. Right, right. But w- so, I think we also had to put that out on the airwaves. Like some of the tr- other theories. I don't think theories. you can trust a single word Correct. But we had to put that out on the airwaves to make sure that people understood we actually watched the episode and picked up on that. And we'll see how that kind of plays out. But um, season season eight so far. Could the, could, could the baby potentially be Euron's, though? No, because given time and when was that the first time that they had sex? Yeah, because he the first episode because when he finished, he said he's gonna fuck the queen. Yeah, when he's he gonna put a baby in her. Uh, exactly, that's what I was going for. So I don't think he'd be saying I want to put a baby in your belly if there was already a baby in the belly. I don't really know how science works. I'm not a medical doctor, and again, like I said, the OBGYNs probably aren't that good. But I think in just a natural evolution, according to Charles Darwin, you can't get pregnant if you're already pregnant. Kind of like the hot tub theory. Yep. But the, both are ironclad. Yep. And I think that's a nice way to end with Mikey's theories on, on OBGYNs <laughs> in, in, Kings, in the Seven Kingdoms and his also beliefs on pregnancy and getting pregnant. So we have a lot to look forward to in the remainder of the episodes of season eight. Obviously we on let's do it live are very disappointed in what we've seen so far, but hopeful that the game of Thrones um, creators 
bring us back in episode three with one of the greatest battle scenes that we have ever seen. So I def, I definitely think it'll be top three episodes that we've seen. Uh, but I don't think that anything that we brought up on this podcast is something that will actually happen as far as the ending goes. I think we're all, and, I, and I hope we are because if we're able to predict it, then, you know, why weren't we directing the show? That's why someone else much more creative and smarter than us. Do you think us. anyone predicted that Dexter, do you think anyone predicted that Dexter would end the series as a lumberjack? Why are we bringing up Dexter? This is a Game of Thrones podcast. Just because uh, awful, awful show endings. I mean, I How I Met Your Mother was also one of the worst endings of all time. So I, I agree. So normally when, when series run for this amount of time, they're not able to close in a manner that pleases the audience. I mean, can you think back to another series of television that closed and you're like, yep, I feel good about this. Yeah. It's kind of like your stamina in the bedroom. When you go for too long, you're, you really can't close on yeah. a good note, but you have to close pretty much but same, like you have thing. to close. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So speak for your, so you just make it, it, make it on orgasm. <laughs> well, this has just been a lovely turn of events. TV show bad endings. The OC should have added or ended uh, after season two and Misha Barton died. It really went downhill from there. Marissa Cooper, you know, was kind of the show. Uh, one last question. Cause like, like you guys can tell my mind, it goes a lot of places. I probably did say something in this cause I said a lot of dumb things. So something probably going to, is going to come true. But like you said, the shows normally cannot go on this long and then close properly um, or get the closure that most people want. Do you think that all the hype that went into uh, the 20-month buildup, uh, like we talked about last time, the 20-month gestation period and the child that we've seen of these two episodes, do you think that has soured people on the show in general? That, you know, there was so much hype what they wanted to see, and they probably got their hopes too high maybe with the last two or it could just be my opinion that the last season could make people kind of cancel out what happened the the prior seven seasons i mean i i know i think a little bit less of the series after the first two episodes i guess i I don't think less of the series but i was expecting more for sure and if you look at the ratings just on like like I watched on Amazon, the HBO ratings are like four stars where it was like four, four and a half or greater before the first two episodes of the season came out. So I think overall the general public isn't exactly happy with the way they've let off. Yeah. And I, I agree with that sentiment, but um, I think the vast majority of the fans are just remembering all the great times and they will never say anything bad. I think this is more, general speak on society but those that really care and those that are really like scrutinizing over what's going on like the let's do it live podcast i think um are very vocal about their disdain for what they've seen so far so even though there may be a lot of people that are like oh game of thrones is still the greatest show of all time and it'll be great it'll come back there's going to be a lot of that but I think there are a lot more skeptics um, 
over the last two weeks. And I just want to say again that this just leads it up to being a great revival of Game of Thrones pageantry um, than if they had two great episodes leading it off. Um, I don't know. I think they're smarter than we're giving them credit for, and they're going to bring us back. So that's wishful thinking, but also my prediction. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a completely different opinion next Monday. So. Hey, the Office, the final season of The Office was terrible when um, Steve Carell left, and that's still like the most watched show, and I'm pretty sure um, for male uh, demographic, 18 to 34, Game of Thrones is the most watched show. For females in that demographic, The Office um, is the most watched show. So, even shows with a bad final season um, with time still get mm-hmm. better uh, with streaming and rewatchability and all that. Uh, final thing, if anyone is in the Southwest Detroit area, Metro Detroit area, Southwest Michigan, on Wednesday, there is Game of Thrones trivia in Royal Oak, Michigan. The Mush will be running said trivia. Um, if you are there, use promo code MUSH. You'll get nothing off your discount or off a discount code, but um, maybe I'll toss you an answer or two. So I just wanted to drop that plug in there. A final I think, plug. I think you should cover. I think you should also apologize to them for telling them that Royal Oak is in Southwest Michigan when we live in Southeast <laughs> Michigan. But that it's beside. I was never good with. I was never good with cardinal <laughs> directions. East or west. That is beside the point. All right, we're closing in on it. Well, maybe I'll do a trivia in Benton Harbor next week. St. John's. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta like go. Also, shout out Nicholson Holmes. I heard they're building a uh, a mock up throne um, for the final episode, and it will be placed in uh, the Stinson household basement. Uh, I just wanted to uh, drop their name as well. I'll shut up because I've been going way too long, and I can't stand my voice anymore. So <laughs> beautiful. Have a good night. Shout Bye-bye. out Nicholson Holmes. We can't shout out Mikey's trivia in Royal Oak, Michigan. But thank you again, PVB, Mikey and the Mush, for another episode of Let's Do It Live. We've really gotten into the Game of Thrones uh, rundown, like game, I guess. Lately, this is this has been a nice um, new segment that we have. This has been fun to do, and we're hopeful that you've enjoyed our terrible predictions and that the creators of game of thrones really bring us back in episode three yeah we look forward to seeing you guys next week thanks for listening my watch is ended